we can only pray so hard that no one gets electrocuted. That's probably not a good joke, but I like that Lydia laughs at all my jokes. You're a blessing to this church. <laughs> anyway, so there's a pastor from many centuries ago uh, who wrote to, his, to, to one of the churches he, he led. And because uh, there was so much, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So many things were happening, much like what we've been experiencing here in the last couple of, in the last season. There were, people are getting healed, people are speaking in tongues, people are, uh, you know, evil spirits are being cast out. And, and, um, and uh, he said, hey, uh, about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. They were seeing so many things and he realized he needed to pastorally guide them through this. About spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And you know, it's the same place I am in. As a pastor of this church, I'm just going, hey, about spiritual gifts, I don't want any of us to be ignorant. I don't want us to not know what God is doing. And then this pastor, in, 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 in the same letter, he writes later on, desire earnestly the gifts of the Holy Spirit and especially prophecy. And you know what? That's the same place I am at as a pastor. I'm just going, I, I don't want us to ever be shy about asking God to pour out His Spirit and pour out His gifts. He is a willing and generous Father. So Paul writes to his church, one of these churches and says, desire earnestly, eagerly, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and especially the gifts of prophecy. You know, as a, as a church community, uh, one of our main callings, as Trinity Vineyard, one of our main callings is to host and steward the presence of God. Okay. Oops. I thought Danny was falling down. Are you okay, Danny? <laughs> so one of our main jobs is to host and steward the presence of God. And, and God releases his gifts. So some of the things you will see, you will, you will see us pray for the sick. And sometimes we'll come up front and tell you, oh, by the way, some people got healed. Uh, you, you will hear uh, someone speak in tongues in the room. Uh, there are a few times we... we I don't know if we should say we've been privileged or what, but there are a few times we've had to uh, 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 cast out evil spirits. So all these, we, we are a community that, uh, whose number one calling is to host and steward the presence of God. And so Paul is saying the same thing I want to say to this church. Let us desire earnestly the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophecy. Let's not shy away. Let's not shy away from saying, Father, pour out your gifts. And I think what Paul is doing, he's just like Moses. If you were here last weekend, Moses one time looked at um, one of his uh, uh, assistants and said, oh, how I wish all of God's people were prophets and that they would prophesy. That's exactly what Paul is saying. Paul is just much like Ezekiel uh, when he saw the breath of God fill uh, all the dry bones that were there. He's saying, oh, how I wish every one of you could be filled with the Holy Spirit like them. And I quite like all those three, I'm saying, oh, how I wish, how I pray that you'd all be filled with the Holy Spirit and that you'd receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you'd ask for them earnestly and especially prophecy. 
Now there's this connection between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So last week we kept saying that every time we breathe in the presence of God, every time we breathe in the wind of God, which is the Spirit of God, it causes us to speak out. This is one of the first things that happens when the apostles receive the Holy Spirit. They start speaking They're using very different uh, languages, languages they had never learned. This is what is called tongues. And they are proclaiming the good news of, uh, uh, the, the goodness of God. There's always a connection between the breath of God and the word of God, the spirit and truth, the spirit and the word of God. And so this is what we'll be talking more about today. And, and I just want to make a, a little disclaimer When I, when I say speaking out speech, I mean all forms of speech. It could be written speech, it could be sign language, it could be, well, it, it's about expressing the things that God has put in our hearts. So that is not to say that people who speak less uh, cannot be used of the Holy Spirit. That is not to say that people who are mute cannot be used of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I want us to start by just uh, today with Jesus. Right after he's baptized, just like we have baptized a few of our friends today, uh, he, he, the Holy Spirit rests on him like a dove, right? And the first thing the Spirit of God does is lead him to the desert. But right after the wilderness, do we know what happens? So that's the story we will read uh, just in a moment, Luke 4, 14 to 15. Jesus, so he's Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everybody praised him. So Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. What is the first thing he starts to do? He starts to speak out. He starts to teach. There's always a connection between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. When we breathe him in, we start to speak out his goodness. But something to note, you know, that, that, that verse, those two verses end with, and everybody praised him. This is why everybody was praising Jesus as he spoke. Matthew 7:29, Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. There were other teachers. Jesus wasn't, just the, wasn't the only rabbi. There were other teachers. The difference was Jesus' speech had authority behind it. Jesus' speech was tied with God's authority. Why? Because he had the Spirit of God in him. Every time God speaks, it's because he intends to do something. So every time Jesus spoke full of the Holy Spirit, God acted. Every time God speaks, he intends to create, he intends to bring order, he intends, he intends to bring life. And this is what people noticed when Jesus spoke. It's not just that Jesus did miracles. There were so many other miracle workers in the Bible. And even in that time, there was something about the authority that Jesus had when he was teaching and the claims that he made. And they were all related to being the one who's full of the Holy Spirit. So every time Jesus spoke and told people, you're forgiven, they walked away forgiven. There was a lady who had been uh, uh, caught in adultery and, 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 and she, uh, she was brought to Jesus, out, not out of her free will. And, and when Jesus spoke forgiveness over her, she walked away forgiven. When, when Jesus spoke to the lame and told them, pick up your mat and go home, they were home for dinner. 
Every time Jesus spoke, there was authority behind it. When Jesus spoke to evil spirits, when his word left his mouth, evil spirits would leave, shrieking. When Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, they stopped what they were doing to go, wait, I think Jesus is, what is he saying? Oh, he's saying, he's saying calm down, and they had to calm down. When Jesus spoke to the dead and called them to rise, they did. Actually, so much so that when he raised his friend Lazarus from the, from, from the dead, he had to call him by name just in case there were other dead people and then they would think it's their turn. That was a joke. It's not working. Come on. <laughs> Jesus spoke with so much authority. Why? Because he was full of the spirit. He was filled with the spirit of God. And therefore his word had authority. Then Jesus died. He's resurrected. And like we were talking about last week, and what does he do? He looks at his disciples and breathes on them. My breath for your lungs, my spirit for your soul, now go. And the disciples, just like us do, because they've breathed in the presence of God, because they're now f filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking out. And, and their speech has authority. There's a story, Peter, one of the apostles, and, and John, the other, were walking next to, um, to, 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 to a gate, and there's a lame person who's asking for money because he couldn't work, and so his only way to make a living was to beg. And they looked at him and said, we don't have money. Maybe they didn't carry their wallet. Uh, we don't have money, but what we have, we give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They spoke with so much authority. They weren't, oh, please get up. Oh, Lord, we ask that today. No, they spoke with the authority Jesus had. What we have, we give you now in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You know, that's, that's why some, uh, you, you probably will notice sometimes when we pray for people even here, we, we, we're stepping into that authority. So when we pray for the sick, we're, oh, please get well. Oh, we are asking uh, uh, malaria to leave. No, we speak in God's authority and go, be healed. So when the few times we've, 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 we've had the fun moments of, of casting out evil spirits, I am, like it's good, I'm just like, I don't know, maybe, sorry, this monologue should stop. Anyway, so the few times we've done that, it's like, we just go, hey, be free. Why? Because we're speaking in the authority of Jesus. We're standing, we, 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 we breathe in the presence of God. We stand in our identity and we speak in the authority of Jesus. So today, what I'll do is tell a couple of stories. The first one um, is, is one of Peter. Um, so Jesus, there, there had been just a lot of stuff swelling around uh, Jesus' identity. People are wondering, who is this? Because it wasn't just about the miracles. Even his teaching was different. It had authority. His claims were different. So people wondered, who is this? There was a lot of speculation. So Jesus is with his core disciples, and, uh, and he asked them, who do people say I am? And they go, oh, they say this, and they say that. And, this. and then Jesus goes, looks straight at them and, and, and asks, who do you say I am? And then Peter steps out. Peter was quite the bold guy. And goes, you are the Messiah. Meaning you're the anointed one. Meaning you're the one full of the Holy Spirit. You are the, uh, the, the one and only son of the living God. 
Look at what Jesus says to him, Matthew 17. Um, no, so the next one, yeah. Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but, my, but by, by my Father in heaven. What just happened? Peter has gotten information that he didn't have before. There was so much speculation about who Jesus was. And in that moment, Jesus is telling Peter, this was a revelation from the Spirit of God. That's one of the ways speech comes out when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We sometimes get to know things we didn't otherwise know. This is what you will hear uh, being called the word of knowledge. Peter just, it's like, I, this is it. And Jesus goes, you're spot on, and this has been revealed to you. One day, Jesus is, is at a well, and there's a lady who comes to the well. She's all alone. Um, you know, she had no company. I think, I think she, was, she was covered in shame. We, we later find out in the story that, that she had a history of, of um, uh, failing. Lo her, loves, her love life was just failing, one after the other. And so it probably was an open secret in the village, or maybe she just thought it was. You know when you're, f when you're covered in shame, you think everybody knows, even when they don't. You just walk around thinking, I, they must have heard. So I, I, it's, it's, I'm not sure which one it was, but she didn't want company. She was alone because she's covered in shame. So Jesus gets there and starts a conversation, and she immediately jumps into theology. Here is why she does that. Because when we're hurt and we're powerless, we want a theological debate. This, when we're hurt and powerless, the way we push God away is getting into theology, theological debates. I'm not saying that theology isn't important. Sadly, in, uh, sometimes we, religion has a way of using theology and theological debates to keep God at bay. And so she starts this, and she starts in, uh, a debate with Jesus, uh, and I think it's because she's hurt, and she feels powerless. So Jesus says to her, okay, we'll have this conversation. Why don't you go and get your husband? And she goes, oh, I, I, I don't have any. And then Jesus says, you're actually right. Let's see. Uh, John 4, 17 to 18. You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. So, how did Jesus have this information? This is information this, this woman knew. But no other stranger would know unless she tells, she tells them or someone in the village tells them if they knew about it. But Jesus just knew and she goes, whoa, that's, how did you know this? Actually, the next statement she makes is, I see you're a prophet. So this is very accurate information about her that she hasn't shared yet. This is again, this is an example of what happens when we receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get information that we wouldn't otherwise have known if it is not told to us or revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. This is again is what is called the, the word of knowledge. So Jesus has a word of knowledge. But you see, everything changes when he shares it. 
It's, it's one thing to get a word of knowledge. It's another thing to speak out. We are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can speak out. It is only when Jesus shares it that this woman goes, okay, maybe we, you, I think you're a prophet. Now let's move to this conversation. Actually, she starts asking an important question about worship. And this is why I think she, she, so she says, hey, you guys say we can only worship at the temple. And our fathers worshiped at this mountain. You know, what, what, what's that all about? You know what I think? You know, when you're desperate, if you've ever been desperate, I have been desperate. You are only left with God. Right? And so there is, there is a sense of hurt in her because she's been told for all her life that she's excluded from the presence of God because of her race. Because she can't worship at Jerusalem. And she needs God. She's desperate. Her life is falling apart. And then she cannot go to God. So, so that's why this conversation comes up. Then this is what Jesus says to her. Uh, John 4, 23-24. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the spirit and the word together, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers, woo, worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Ah, my people group is seeping out, yeah. If you've ever wondered, there it is. <laughs> See what's happening here? Now, because she trusts Jesus, because Jesus knew information about her that she she wouldn't expect her to know, Jesus now shares a different kind of information. She shares information about her current situation and the future. And it leaves her encouraged. Actually, she leaves Jesus at the well. She was there to get water. She leaves Jesus at the well, runs into the village and tells everyone, come and see someone who's told me everything I'd ever done. The everything she had ever done that she probably didn't want anyone talking about. Now she's so encouraged. She's so full of life. She goes, come, someone knows everything I've ever done. What has just happened? She's received what we call a prophetic word. It's information she didn't know. That, oh, by the way, you're not excluded from the Father. Prophetic word is about... um, is, is often about your current situation or a community or, or, or a coming situation or a coming time for, for a person or a community that they don't know about. But it often always leads to Jesus. What happened? She went around saying, come and see the man. It wasn't come and see me or behold, let me tell you what has happened. No, it was come and see the man. Come and see the Messiah. And when everybody went to Jesus from from her village, they later told her, at first we believed because of you. Now we have heard for ourselves and now we believe because we've heard. But it only makes a difference when we speak it out. When we speak it out, when we're filled with the presence of God, we're invited to speak 
So she goes and shares good news. Uh, Jesus shares good news with her that you can be in a relationship with God. She did not know this. But the moment it is shared, it changes her. It leaves her encouraged. All prophecy in the Old Testament and the New Testament always points to Jesus. And even today, if you receive a prophetic word, one of the ways to weigh it is, does it point to Jesus? Does it point to Jesus? You know, it's, it's like... Some of the things we've been experiencing here, so uh, I think it's now three weeks ago and we've shared this story uh, last weekend, uh, you know, Joy uh, had, a, had a word about someone who had trouble with her womb. That's not information she would otherwise have had unless someone told her, right? Only the person who, who came up for, forward for prayer knew that about her. That's called a word of knowledge. Oh, sorry. Oh my word, what's happening today? <laughs> Sorry, I am very human today. Um, I'm always human. <laughs> so why God releases words of knowledge is that it causes, it causes people to trust him. It reminds them God knows where you are. God knows you by name. God knows what you're going through. And God cares about you. Then it opens them up. And so during prayer ministry, we were able to pray for her healing, and she did get well. And it was also an opportunity to speak prophetically into her life. But it doesn't make a difference if we don't speak. We are filled with the Holy Spirit to speak out. Uh, that same weekend, I shared a word about someone who had a diagnosis, uh, was struggling with a diagnosis they had before, that they thought they had dealt with and it came up again. And you know what? No one came. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. Anyway, later that week, someone came to the office and, and something that they had thought they, they'd beaten had come up again. Because we shared it, what does it tell this person? God knows you. God cares about you. God knows you intricately and he cares. And it allows, it opens people up for healing and ministry and the prophetic word. Every time the Holy Spirit is poured out, we breathe him in, we are invited to speak out. God speaks because he wants to do something. Every time, every time you hear us, from the morning, from when we're, we're singing, from the songs we sing, we're just going, wait, what could God be saying? What could God be saying? You know, one of the things I think might be happening today is, is God just wants to minister to those who are, who, who, who are covered in shame. Every time God brings up something, he, he intends to deal with it. And so sometimes you'll get information that you, that, that, that you wouldn't have known, but the person you're sharing it with knows. That's a word of knowledge. You need to share it. Why? It, it, it always invites people to trust. Like, oh, it reminds people to trust God. Oh, he knows me. It's like, I've shared this a couple of times as I was traveling a few weeks ago. I had friends just, just uh, and strangers, people I was meeting for the first time, feel that they should buy me mugs. And I collect mugs. One of them is right there. Okay. So I collect mugs, but they didn't know. One of them was actually in the store going, why am I buying this person a mug? But the moment I received them, do you know what it told me? God knows. And it's just a funny thing. He knows even my silly habits. It's like, 
Why should anyone collect mugs? And then now I have to keep up and make sure I drink coffee in different mugs every morning. But God knows that too. And he was just going, hey, I know you're here and I love you and I'm going to spoil you a bit. And sometimes you'll get words about a person or a community or a situation that, that the people don't know. And that's what we call a prophetic word. Um, in 2012, trying to bring it to land, in 2012, uh, three people came up to me. One of them, I was... I was uh, uh, translating for him which is which is a, yeah I love anyway sorry I'm getting distracted so I was translating for him I wasn't looking for ministry that day and he turns towards me so it's, it was time for prayer ministry and I'm just standing there you know you're the assistant to the man of God now anyway so I just, I'm standing there not really I wasn't even aware of what God is doing I'm, my job is just to make sure his 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 uh uh his accent gets through because he he wasn't just speaking English he was speaking southern right anyway and it was going wrong uh, for the anyway and this person turns to me and says Edgar um, God wants you to know you're forgiven up until that point I was struggling a lot with 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 what my past had looked like and I just I desperately needed to hear God has forgiven me he had no idea I just broke down. Then he said to me, oh, and the pastoral gift that was on your dad, I can see it on you too. I, wasn't, I was busy trying to get a good education to go get a real job, get money. Like, okay. Then we go to a different place, two other people. None of those times was I looking for ministry. They all come up to me and prophesy. Uh, they, they, they say, hey, you know, uh, I think there's a time that's coming that you will be uh, uh, planting a church in, in a city and it's, it, it'll be full of different kind of people. I'm like, okay. I was too tired to even pay attention. Um, and then one of, them, one of them was, you know, calling out different gifts in me and said, be careful. The people John Wimber laid his hands on grew fat. So if you find me not eating carbs, this is why. Somebody prayed over me. Anyway, so... Three years later, I had totally forgotten about it. I moved to be part of this church when it was being planted. They spoke something about my future that I had no idea about. I wasn't even necessarily looking forward to it. But when I was coming down, and I just knew this is it. I was coming to meet the, the pastor who was planting just to have a chat. Hey, how can we help you do this church well? And, and, and the Lord said, no, you're actually not going back to Nairobi. And then, a year after that, I'm traveling again, and, some, and there's so many prophetic words that were spoken over me. One of them was, hey, God is inviting you to make a multicolored tapestry with him. At that moment, I thought it was about the kind of woman I would marry. Like, goodness, a multicolored tapestry. Guys, it's okay to make such jokes. Oh, my word. I feel, I feel alone in this stage. Uh. It was not. <laughs> well, I don't know. But anyway, sorry. No, I, I'm sure it was not. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, focus, Edgar. Um, yeah. It was only after that that I was actually invited to lead this church that was actually quite, quite multicultural. 
And then from then on, I've actually, part of, part of the things I do when I'm traveling is, 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 is just talk to, uh, uh, speak on, on, on multicultural church. What does it mean for African immigrants living in the West? What does it mean for a church like this to become real family, knowing that we come from different countries, we come from different people groups? I didn't even know that. In fact, when this church was in transition, I was also busy. I was part of the team that was looking for a pastor for this church. I was like, yes, who's going to lead this church? You see what's happening? The Spirit of God is in the room. We breathe him in. He invites us to speak out. Anyway, so who can prophesy? Who gets to prophesy? Just like Moses, Moses said, oh, how I pray that all of God's people could be prophets and that they would prophesy. Ezekiel sees a vision and God's breath fills every living uh, body that was there. Joel then prophesies and says, a time is coming, the Lord would pour out his spirit and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Sons and daughters is a poetic way of saying everybody. Because you're someone's son or you're someone's daughter. Then Paul, sorry, then Jesus uh, says that anyone who believes will do the things I have done and even more. Anyone. So Paul, with all this backing, writes to the church and says, desire spiritual gifts and especially the gift of prophecy. So me, with all that backing... I think it is you and you and Dr. Matu and George and Moses and even me. It's all of us. It's all of us. What we need to do is ask, Lord, pour out your spirit again. We are willing to go. One last story. A story I've told again before. There's a group of pastors that were meeting for prayer and worship together. And one of them was newish to the group. And, and he was Greek. Um, and he gets a word for, this, for one of the women in the group. Um, and he definitely thinks it could not be God. Because it was, it was a Greek word. He has no idea if this woman speaks Greek. And it was the Greek translation of the word that starts with S and ends with T, but it's not shirt. Are we together? It's like, that. this could not be God in any measure. So he tries to ignore it. Then the one leading the prayer meeting says, hey, I think you have a word, or no, uh, you have a word for this lady. It's like, oh, now I have to. So he's sweating. He's second guessing. He's just going, really, this is going to be very awkward. And he walks up to the lady and says, I think God is saying that you're not a skedula, which is a piece of the word ending with S, uh, starting with the S, ending with T, but it's not shirt. And this lady starts to sob and she just cries. What this guy didn't know is that this woman was once married to a Greek pastor. He had no idea. And the pastor in, his previous, in her previous marriage would, would, uh, would verbally abuse her, calling her a skedula. 
everywhere, in front of the children, in front of their friends, when they're out. So the moment he says that, what does he tell this woman? God knows you. God knows your past. God knows what you're going through. Why is this woman crying? Why do people often, sometimes cry in worship? The Holy Spirit is called a counselor. It's like sometimes when you're a counselor's office and they say one thing and it touches a deeply buried emotion and you just, Ugh. right? That's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is counseling this lady. And you know what it does? It invites this lady to trust and, in, and open her, opens up for ministry. And that's exactly what happens. Do you see how, why it is so important? Why it is so important that when we receive, when, when we are in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we should speak out when he's, he's, he's putting something in our hearts. I think this is why pro, uh, uh, Paul thinks prophecy is so important to the church. Because this lady had, had her, her identity damaged for years. But the moment that is spoken out, it, it, it reminds her, God, God is revealed, and it reminds her, I know you, I care about you, I am here, I love you. Even when we share words of knowledge for healing, and you know, healing is this interesting thing, because sometimes it happens instantly, sometimes it takes too long, sometimes it doesn't happen as we were expecting it, but the moment it is shared, if someone is in the room, what does it tell them? God knows me. God knows I'm in the room. God knows I'm at Trinity this morning. That's why prophecy is very important. That's why Paul is saying, guys, come on. I desire, I, 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 I urge you to earnestly desire spiritual gifts and especially the gift of prophecy. This is why Ezekiel was being told, prophesy, son of man. And I think this is why the Lord is telling each one of you, prophesy, my child. Prophesy. Prophesy. So I want to call the band back on stage. Um, so we will, and I invite all of us in the room, if, definitely if you're comfortable, but I genuinely encourage you. Let's, let's just, this is the day, you know when Danny comes up and says, oh, don't move the chairs. Guess what? I can override that. No, I'm just kidding. Today I invite you to move the chairs and let's just sit in threes and fours, okay? And we'll do this together. But I'll walk you through it. Don't be, don't be scared. Okay, we can turn the chairs around and sit in threes and fours. And, and if you've come to this church for the first time and you're going, oh my word, I was hoping to not talk to anyone, I am really sorry. It doesn't happen every weekend. So give us another chance tomorrow, uh, next weekend. Awesome. So what we will do is we will pray together. Actually, I will pray over us. And I want you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention to the thoughts that come to your mind, to the impressions that come to you. Listen, 
it, it's what you've heard me say, it's naturally supernatural. It's just in the same way you, you go through life. Some people are, are, have, have uh, how their imagination is engaged is, is they hear words. It's the very same way the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. Some people uh, uh, will see images. It's the very same way the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. Some people remember smells. It is the very same way the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. Some people feel sensation on their skin. Whatever it is, I just want you to just pay attention to, uh, to, to what's going to be happening with you. And, and then... Um, you will ask each other very politely. You'll just go, hey, I am seeing this image. Does it mean anything to you? Or I'm having this word. Does it mean anything to you? Or I'm feeling this, uh, this on this part of my body. Does it, does it mean anything to you? So for example, uh, there's a pain in my left ear. And I'm just wondering if anyone here has an ear infection. Would love to pray with you today. Um, so it's just like that, and, and it's a, this is not on you, okay? But just, so we'll sit there and, and just, you know, um, wait. Don't even start praying. We often get into that. It's like, no, just, just wait and listen. Listen. And when, when something comes to your mind, just ask politely. It's just for people. Hey, does this mean anything to you? Uh, the, the other week, I, I just uh, felt I should go pray for someone in the room about their, their hands. And then as I was praying for them, I felt like it was about work. And then I thought they worked in care. So I was like, hey, uh, do, you, do you by any chance work in caregiving? And they're like, no, I'm actually asking God to give me a job. It's like, ah, so sometimes you get it wrong. But the moment you share, you're like, oh, God indeed wants to be present for this, this person. But this is what it is. So be okay. Um, then, then if any, anyone in that group of four or three says, yes, that makes sense. It's exactly what my family is going through. It's exactly what I'm thinking about. Or, or uh, they go, uh, yeah, that's what happened last week. Then I invite the rest of you to pray over them. Is that okay? So Lord, come. I ask that you pour out your spirit on us again. And Lord, just set a fire down in our souls that we'll, we won't stay silent. So I, if you can, just actually look at the people you're sitting around. And just wait. Let's just wait.
And one of the ways you might know that the Holy Spirit is giving a word for someone, you really think it's going to be awkward. <laughs> You're just thinking, I probably shouldn't say this. I don't think they'll take me seriously. Maybe this is just an idea because I watched that, I thought of that. And it could be. But the invitation is, speak out. Oh, how beautiful it is when, when, when we end up partnering with the Holy Spirit. So if you have any images, any thoughts that are coming to your mind, why don't you share with, with your group and ask anyone, hey, does this make sense to any of you? More of you, Holy Spirit, just more of you. We ask that you pour out your gifts, pour out your freedom. If any of those people have said that's so true, why don't you all pray for, for him or her? And as you pray, just, again, don't just get into output. Just ask the Lord, what are you saying into this situation? What are you saying to this person? We can trust him.